Welcome to the Nick Spade Podcast, home of the Zest, baby. You want that standard BS stick with Alan Hahn. Just kidding, Alan Hahn's decent. Hashtag Nick so white. Hey, shots fired. Three Nick's addicts. Catch you up in a blunt worth of time, Dougie Fresh. I already know how you're feeling, but I'll let you state the obvious. Look, I want to talk to all the Nick fans that were like, Yo, LeBron fears Julius. Yo, that's why he's not playing. LeBron James is one of the greatest athletes in the history of human fucking history, all right? He doesn't give two <laughs> fucks about Julius Randle. He's trying to win his fifth world championship of his career on his third different team. Cut the fucking bullshit already. All facts coming in hot. I love it. D-Boy, what's good? You're I hate games where I can't listen to Walt, man. As a Knicks fan, the past 20 years have been super fucking tragic and rough. And the only thing that pulls me through is Walt. And the fact that we couldn't get some swishing addition at the end of that game to just bring me through really just leaves me in a low place. There we go. Let me ask you this, though. Jim Jackson or Chris Weber? Chris Jim Webber. Jackson all day. Oh, okay. Oh, the the the, the pole is divided. Nah, well, yo, you gotta have that spice, bro. Yeah, but Chris Webber would be like spinning his wheels extra hard sometimes and stumbling and bumbling. Me, sad Monty, Walt suit. There was no Walt suit today, but we had some championship couture national TV game. Shouts out to Jim Jackson for keeping up the swag. I like the little turtleneck he was rocking. And AD and the Lakers for showing they are a cut above. Quick hits. We're going to get into quick hits. A heartbreaker in overtime to a depleted Lakers squad. Let's give out some flowers. The Wesley Matthews, who's your daddy, most valuable player, goes to the Lakers' fourth string point guard, the 20-year-old Chi-Town kid, Talon Horton Tucker. He struggled after Alex Caruso went down as the de facto PG but came through in the clutch in overtime with eight of his 13 points and the game-winning three. RJ still better. The Bernard King, 30 ain't a thing, platinum medallion goes to Julius Randle, who notched 30 for the 14th time this season, despite missing the would-be game winner at the end of regulation and traveling up one with 38 seconds to go in the extra period. MVP, kind of. The Alfred Payton, why is he our starting point guard award, goes to Alfred Peyton, he had two points in 14 minutes of action while fan favorite Frankie Smokes went three for four from three and put on a defensive masterclass. Vive la Franck. The dancing and prancing mirror ball trophy goes to Derek Rose, who turned back the clock once again, scoring 27 in 39 minutes, the fourth time he broke the 20 point mark in his last six games. And the sad stat of the game, Frank Nilakina leads the Knicks in three point shooting percentage at 44% but ranks 14th in minutes played, despite being arguably our best defensive player. This day in Sad Nick's history, May 11th, 2013, Indiana 82, New York 71. Amare was back for the first time in two months, but his seven points did not move the needle. Ray Felton had an abysmal night going one for eight. Still love you, Ray. 
The story for Indiana was Roy Hibbert scoring 24 points and amassing 12 rebounds, 8 of the offensive variety. Speaking of offensive, Tyler Hansborough and Lance Stevenson mucked it up for a blue-collar victory. Nixon transition, going up top for Obi Toppin. Randall's going to put up a shot here for the, for the win, cannot get it to go. The path to the NBA was not conventional for Obi Toppin. The Brooklyn boy received no D1 offers, went to Mount Zion Preparatory School for a postgraduate year, then committed to Dayton, was redshirted, blossomed at 22, and was named the Naismith College Player of the Year as a senior. His path thus far in the NBA seems just as cloudy. He was touted as a top five pick, was passed on by Cleveland, and fell to the Knicks where Julius Randle laid in wait. It went from who should start at the beginning of the season to does Obi deserve more than 10 minutes a game as Randall turned into a legit All-NBA player. Now staring at an extension for the consensus most improved player and no substantial minutes for the lottery pick, does Obi Toppin have a future as a Knickerbocker? Short answer, he shouldn't. I was an early OB doubter, called him a bust, which is kind of a mistake. Uh, thought we should have drafted Halliburton, still think we should have. But he has shown me flashes. Flashes are all we're going to get with Julius Randle here. Trade him ASAP, because two years of 10 minutes a game will result in a 25-year-old question mark. There's so much to love about Obi. I understand from an intellectual standpoint why you would want to trade him out, why you would want to cash him out when, yeah, he's making the most out of those 10 minutes a night. But maybe that's more of the reason to keep him. He has proven himself even in a role that's so limited and so unlike anything he's ever done before in his basketball career that he can make an impact. He's good for a layup and a three and a couple of big rebounds and runouts every single time he hits the floor. Well, let's look at the path of this year alone. He played the first game of the season after a strong preseason, hurt his back, and now hasn't broken the 20-minute mark since. But in the meantime, despite the limited minutes, despite not having a real role on this team, we have seen him improve. We've seen him get more comfortable, and we've seen him have a huge role on the bench. He's right up there with Theo Pinson as the first guy up celebrating and cheering on his teammates and keeping that vibe going. And that's remarkable for someone who at the beginning of the season could have been considered a candidate for rookie of the year. I had my doubts with Obi Toppin for sure. But on the defensive side, he's looked decent. He can guard fours. True. He gets switched out on threes and doesn't look terrible. It's kind of shocking for me. His outside shot has shown up. His IQ and knowing where to like cut on the floor is a little bit more advanced than I've seen out of what I thought I was going to get in this player. I'm impressed, but you got to cash out because I don't see any room for him next year. This kid is playing defense. This kid is playing hard. Why can't he crack the rotation? And it's obvious because it's a mandate from on high. Julius Randle is the face of the franchise. The face of the franchise can still play 32 minutes a game, and there's actually a large difference between the 38 that Randall is playing and six more minutes going to Obi Toppin. If we're talking about development, and moreover, you can't underemphasize how much of an impact those big plays that he makes, albeit few and far between, on the momentum of the game. The NBA game is a game of swings, and when Obi Toppin delivers that huge thunderous dunk, 
the swing is always in the Knicks' favor. I guess the question is, can he create his own shot when the pressure is on? He's not even going to get a chance to either succeed or fail in that in this year. Well, in the 10 to 15 total plays we've seen, albeit tiny sample size, he's looked really good in the post. He's been able to take on smaller players and exploit that matchup, get to the rim, and use his athleticism. My fear here is that we're just not going to give him enough of a chance to, one, highlight him, two, get him better, and three, raise his value a little bit. Like I say, trade Obi Toppin, but what could you even trade him for that wouldn't be a distressed asset? It's almost like another Kevin Knox situation where we're going to devalue a lottery player to the point where we can't get anything back. This is what happens when you have assets and you push them off to the side. Our frustration all year with Tibbs is if you can get this out of Reggie Bullock, how can you not get this out of Obi Top? Alex Caruso, the bald eagle, the accountant, Caruso, is the true barometer for whether you're a casual hoop fan or a hoop nerd. Just flipping on a Lakers game and asking who the fuck that white guy is will show your true casual khaki colors. If you're wondering how the Lakers stayed afloat when AD and LeBron were out, look no further. He absolutely was a contributing factor to the Lakers winning the chip last year and will be a big reason if they repeat. Stat nerd time, 538's overall defensive Raptor rating ranks Caruso number one amongst guards and sixth best overall. He was the fourth best defensive rating amongst all players behind three members of the Jazz. He is getting legitimate mentions for all defense and deserves it. Dude is athletic, a pest, and will get underneath your skin if you let him. I hate giving props to the Lakers, but they found a real one, and that's what championship teams do. Balanta. We hope you all enjoyed your Knicks bait, and always remember, the Knicks are 2-9 and nine in games decided by three points or less this year.